Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome we back, back into we back, we our back, multiverse, we back, we back, 33rd back edition. And we all right. I mean, very, uh, very interesting episode this week. Aren't they all? I like to think so. I don't know about everybody else, but I like to think so. But this week, our big topic, we're going to get into each of our top 10 wide receivers in NFL of all history. Time. Yeah. All the times. We said we we're going to do running backs weeks ago, and then we decided not to. <laughs> we're going to do receivers today and get to running backs in a few weeks. It's really hard to do these lists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Real quick, I just want to say, like, later on down the road, we're going to have to break it up even more. When You know, even back when we did the NBA, our top 10, or the quarterbacks, how we did it, it's like, it's getting too hard because, especially me, really liking a lot of the old school guys, or the guys that were even, you know, playing in like the 70s, like, you can't really compare their statistics with guys to today. So you almost mm-hmm. got to do like a pre-Super Bowl or maybe just 16 games. Like go from pre-16-game season, which I believe was 78, and do a top 10 with those guys. And anybody who, you know, played past that, you just determine when were their best seasons. Was it pre or post? And then they, mm-hmm. they fall into that category. And then the same thing, that for football and then for the NBA, do like pre three-pointer and post three-pointer because that made such a difference like you look at you know a Jerry West who played you know a lot of his career before the three-pointer <laughs> yeah so who knows wh- how good you know, just how many points he would have averaged or just how that changed the game before so yeah we're gonna have to do that because then I think that just makes it a little bit fair and plus you know, there's just so many people that they don't know, and they don't, or they don't even care <laughs> about that. They're gonna see some names on these lists, and they're gonna get like autogram. You know, I had as the tenth best quarterback yeah. ever. Like, autogram. You know. So yeah. So I, I, I think that kind of affected my list now because I came up with, you know, thinking that I wanted to do that. So, but anyways, so we'll talk about, we'll do our list, we'll give each other our own segment to do our list because just to make when, sure we each have our own time yeah good amount it, of time out of that is yeah especially with quarterbacks like i i wanted to go more in depth than i did and but because we did it all in one segment i'm like afterwards i was like no nah, we got to split up our segments in case one of us goes long <laughs> <laughs> you know so, so we're gonna have our own segment on that and yeah what else we're we gonna talk about of course we got pro wrestling to go over a lot of like fast you know, lane you got to recap fast lane and then it's mainly just announcements of matches matches coming up that's pretty much all it's going to be minus a couple little things that i took away and then the nba trade deadline just passed and that caught real. me out of nowhere i totally slipped on just that forgot about it that's funny so even i remember that but came I mean, out of nowhere, so we gotta go over. I didn't expect too much, but some things happened that I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay." I didn't see Gary Trent getting moved, but we'll we'll get into that. And uh, then, of course, our MCU talk. Uh, Just watched a second episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier last night. John Walker. We got to talk 
a lot about that. Everybody hates him. I love it. Everybody so much. hates John Walker. I love it so much. I find he it funny. He can say this. He can say whatever he wants. Stop being babies. <laughs> this world's full of babies. It's complaining about everything. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> and then maybe there is also, you know, free agency still going on in the NFL. So, and then our Seahawks doing some things. <sighs> yeah, that's that's something that you know I need to talk about. But we'll get to that. We'll, well, no, let's just talk about the NFL stuff right now. Okay, then we'll get into and then our we'll receivers. Do the receivers. All right. So NFL talk. <laughs> so we didn't even talk about Drew Brees retiring. Two weeks ago, no. we talked about did he officially retire? And then he did like right after we did the pod, and then we forgot to mention it last week. So yeah, yeah. one of the greats. We both had him. What number eight? I believe we both had him. Yeah, I think we both had him in the same spot. Time, so you know, one of the best to ever do it. Great career. And yeah, I mean, what what can you say? Played for what twenty years? It's a long 21 time. Twenty years. Two thousand one was his first year. You it's gonna even, be weird watching the Saints born. and just not seeing number nine out there. Yeah, you've never Get seen the, snap. the Saints play without him. <laughs> uh, I mean, in your recollection. Or I'm going to be like, did Breeze get hurt or something? Yeah. Why is Jameis out there? Or Taysom. Or Taysom, yeah. whoever yeah. they go with. Exactly. It's, it's crazy, but yeah, I mean, congrats on an amazing career. You know, and what, how many years they got to wait for the NFL? Five years, right? Five years, he'll be a first ballot. I'm still not sure about that, to be honest. I know. I, <laughs> it's like, I, know I still it, have no. I kind of, yeah, it's it's four or sometime. five years. I can't remember. I always forget if it's four or five. Because, you know, by that time, I'm not thinking about it. Like, it has to be. Okay, so like when Emmett retired, I was like, oh, when is it? You know, I, I need to know when he's going in. So. Then I figured out, okay. But then I forget. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, I don't really care anymore. Like whoever they announce is who they announce, you know? So, and when Largent, when I was still pretty young, so, and I don't even remember if it was televised. Like, it's not like there was an NFL network back then. Right. And I'm sure there were, there was highlights on like, you know, the sports shows, but I don't know if it was live or if it was, I was in school or something like that, or there's mm-hmm. something was going on. I don't know. I don't remember. Something's going down. I guess that's always in August. So I wasn't in school, but you know, I was a kid, so I was running around. <laughs> so a teenager, I should say. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. Wait, well, that's the next time we'll see Drew Brees. Well, no, we'll see him on. He's probably going to be a you know. Oh, no, actually, that's right. He did. I think he accepted like a broadcasting deal actually. Somewhere. Yeah, because somebody on the radio was like, "I'll be. I, I bet he's on the Saints sideline working with them in." within the year and somebody was like no because he signed a deal with somebody yeah else. i forgot about he that actually like, oh. <laughs> so we'll see him before he oh yeah we'll heads see him to a the lot. hall we get to you know hear his football knowledge everybody loves tony romos let's see if we love Drew and then that's why they're gonna jump on Drew Brees because right? they all love romo this so they're guy. gonna criticize breeze the entire time yeah maybe and it's gonna enrage me <laughs> why I hate Romo commentary. I know. He's awful. But, you know, and we're we're in the... Uh, actually, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the vocal minority that think he's so great. But I don't know. I mean, they pay him $17 million, so a lot of people <laughs> think he's great. I think he's horrible, but... To each their own. So, anyways, the Seahawks. So, 
Just the other day, I was getting a lot of ready. Moves. I am so. My emotions have gone back and forth on a lot of things. <laughs> so at first, I was really happy with everything they were doing. Not Shaquille leaving, but tear. You know, getting Carson back, resigning yep. Puna, and Gabe. Huh? Oh yeah, and getting Gabe Jackson. Gabe. Just saying, Gabe. <laughs> like Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> getting Gabe. Then they signed. Um, then they re-signed Benson. Mayola, they got Hyder, and they got Hyder, and so I thought, oh, that's good. And then. The news comes out that they're going to release Jaron Reed. And I don't, right now, I don't like this. I know we get Dunlap back now too, but you're getting rid of a almost Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle. And you bring him back Al Woods. And first of all, (laughs) I don't care what Al Woods did two years ago because he opted out last year. Because the year before that, when he's with us, He's doing all right, and then he gets himself suspended. Like, yeah. no, I don't want that dude on our team. Plus, he's only older now. Like, yeah. But okay, so so like I said, I go back and forth. Right now, I'm not okay with Jaron Reed being gone. But just like I said last week, we gotta wait and see how everything plays out. You know, the draft. It's still there's still free agency going on. So, and then you know you just gotta see what happens when the season starts, right? Because if you go back, you know, years, Seattle used to make these big signings. They would sign, you know, the Patrick Kearney's, Grant Winstrom's to big contracts and things like that. And they would, and uh, Julian Peterson and stuff. And right now I'm not, I'm forgetting the timeline. Exactly. But they would pay all these guys big money and it didn't always pan out and it didn't pan out to Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, right. But then we had the off season before the Super the super, our first Super Bowl year, where we signed. Um, oh man, now I'm gonna forget their names. Oh, really? I just had it. <laughs> oh man, we signed a couple guys. That, oh, Fisher. And um, dang man, now Something I'm forgetting Fisher. their names. But anyways, they weren't big signings. They weren't these things. They were, they were just signings where you were like, okay. You know, that's great and all. And a lot of people didn't like it. I remember people just kind of being like, oh, this is what we did. And and you expect us to, you know, make a run and all this stuff. And But they were really good players. And they were, and they were just, they fit in perfectly. They were just what we needed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had Lofa and Leroy Hill. Yeah. And so, you know, Bryce Fisher, that's his name. And... Oh, maybe that was the year that that we got Winstrom or Wistrom, Winstrom. Uh, but he still wasn't, he wasn't like a big signing. Like people weren't super excited. So that's what I'm saying. When we got him, we got Fisher. But before, you, I can't remember if it was before or after, but you know, we had Kearney and then you, we paid, um, was it Julian Peterson, all that money? And things just didn't work out you know so then we signed you know fisher and nobody was excited about that but i was i remember going like this is good we you don't want to pay all that money to these other guys you want to get as many bodies as possible and that's the same thing i've been saying recently you know going to last year like i want a rotation on the line i want a rotation on the line so 
yes, this could end up being a good thing. It's just hard because I like Reed a lot. Yeah. You know, when it's a guy you like a lot, you want him to, you, you want him to stay. You don't want that to happen. You want everything to work out. And they just couldn't make it work. So I'm not mad. At first I was when I first read it. But then, you know, you get um, Dunlap back. And so that, that helps. But then you, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean like i said we just we gotta wait and see but you know I, i'm not gonna lie and act like i didn't at first just like people there's people that are so excited dunlap's back yeah i my excitement hasn't been there because of reed being gone you know but like that's gonna that's so, gonna be noticeable like i don't know if a lot of people are gonna i don't think they're really taking that in yet because they're so excited for dunlap like okay but that's a big piece in the middle that you just let go. And like Puna's great. I love Puna. And he gets pressure from the middle, which is big too. Like if you think mm-hmm. about if you think about the edge rushers, it, it's great that, you know, they do what they do. But if the quarterback can just step up because nobody's pushing the pile in the middle, then the edge rusher isn't all that important, especially yep. with how, you know, mobile a lot of guys are. And then you look in our division. Yeah, I say in our division you know, alone. And so you know with kyler especially it's like okay he's just gonna step up you know if dunlap goes wide yeah then he's just gonna go right over there if nobody's pushing the pile forward then you know because whoever the 49ers Reed had draft. like 14 qb hits dunlap had 18 on the season he had 18 not 18 with seattle on the season so you know reed hits the quarterback yeah <laughs> you know? and isn't that what we want and it's good that you get it from the middle too. So, you know, but we'll see what happens. Just like I said, I'm not cursing anybody. I'm not, <laughs> but I, I didn't like it when he tweeted out that he was gone. I tweeted right at him. I was like, I don't like this at all, but you know, I'll calm down about it because like I said, we got to see what they do with everything. I've still, still got the draft coming up. Exactly. You got so, our division rivals trading for the third pick. They still have had. See, and that's the thing too, right? It's like, oh, we've had a pretty good offseason. I was and like, so overall, mad. We've had a pretty good offseason. And then you see the 49ers get third pick and you're just like, really? <laughs> I hope they're taking a quarterback. So that, because if you, you, you have to figure, right? Yeah. Because, you know, they don't trust Jimmy. They, they just post. Or, the uh, thing came out, out thing when the news came out they're like guy. oh he's he's here to stay this he's our guy this, this year. year yeah yeah exactly they're like this <laughs> year i'm like oh man that's such a boost of confidence right there isn't it like yeah until this new guy we draft is ready but you know i mean even then it's like until we bench you you know maybe that quarterback doesn't pan out whatever it's still just crazy that they got the third pick that's all you're just like seriously what are they the new 49 or the new patriots that they only the new 49ers the 49ers are the new 49ers everyone but they're the i wouldn't patriots have seen that coming where they always you know manage to get a high pick i mean yeah. the difference is the patriots are doing that while winning super bowls and you're like why is anyone trading with you are you what are you guys doing like oh they just won the super bowl but hey you know what they're offering us basically nothing for you know wes welker Let's give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you guys doing? Oh, you know what? They want Randy Moss. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We, I mean, Randy Moss. I mean, hey, we're going to talk about Randy Moss a lot today. So, but yeah, I mean, just that's just what it reminds me of. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> but yeah, Dolphins division, just woke up that day. They were just bored. 
Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we would have to go over it. I, I have, I vaguely But, you know, remember. they trade away the third to get the 12th, but then they also get other And picks. another future first. Yeah, another future or first. Or two, actually. And then they get other picks also, correct, in this year's draft. They traded the 12th, one of their 2022 picks, for the sixth pick this year. So they basically moved down three spots and gained, you know, numerous other picks and it's like yeah you already have two you already have a really solid defense and a solid team did you have to be at three now i know i'm i shouldn't say no because i didn't look i was staying off social media yesterday because i didn't want any falcon and winter soldier uh spoilers, spoilers and, and we don't watch it until you know later on in the evening so i have no real info on the trade other than what you told me but i'm sure their fans when they first traded the third pick and to go down to 12 were not happy <laughs> but then once they moved back up to six they were like then i those same fans were probably like we're the smartest <laughs> front office ever did you see what we did i'm like two seconds ago you were mad i mean the same thing like you know i'm mad about reed but i'm like but i'm you know i'm admitting it just like and then the season will play out then you'll be like we're geniuses too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, we're the smartest team ever. Why is it, you know, Schneider the, the GM of the year? Yo, but, yo, Dolphins fans are going to be doing the same thing. And they should be happy. They made good moves, but we still hate you for giving the Niners a third pick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I like your team, man. Why you got to do this? Why you got to soil it? All right. What else? free agent wise or anything you got a dory jackson going to the giants yes right? that and, was oh, one and, i was going to bring and up galladay because we didn't talk about galladay see that i thought we did talk about galladay because didn't it happen just before we started recording oh maybe it did yeah and I'm then so we brought it up he got that much money, but i mean to be honest. in case we didn't yeah galladay to the giants you still that got pretty, like you know tate sherman kj you know you've got a lot of and oh and, and butler went to Arizona, Arizona. Malcolm Butler. So you got Arizona got AJ Green, Malcolm Butler, JJ Watt, Hudson. Traded for Hudson, right? And yeah, I mean, our division was already really good. But this year, like, the, if the 49ers stay healthy, I mean, this division is good. <laughs> it's stacked. It really is. Like, every team, I don't, I wouldn't really say, you know, like, that I'm afraid of like the Rams or the Cardinals yet because you have to they have to put it together the Cardinals underachieved last year we all thought they were going to be better than they were and they underachieved so you you kind of go are they just one of those teams that underachieves you have to wait until you see it right yeah and then you got Stafford like I said do I really think it's an upgrade but you can't say that it's not possible like it's possible that any one of these teams in our division can win the division yeah and every one of their fan bases should be thinking that way. You know, we were like, oh, we still got Russ. We still got DK. We still got B-Wags. We got Jamal Adams. We, you know, we can name all these we guys. We had a Gabe Jackson. You know, we've got a new offensive coordinator. If this clicks, you know, just think of how, I mean, we won 12 games last year. And it seemed like we <laughs> decided to go into rebuild mode. I know we didn't. I'm just, but you know, it would seem like the world stopped. Yeah. Because of how it finished right and and we've we've improved for the most part yeah so and they're not done yet and same thing with all these other teams you're gonna say 
the Cardinals have improved. You're going to say, you know, the Rams, you know, are definitely going to say they improved because they wanted Stafford. They did not want golf. So, you know, there you go. And the Niners, they're healthy. <laughs> that reminds me, did you see the thing with, uh, who was the guy from the Rams that got traded to the Lions? Brockers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. He was, <laughs> he talked about how it was an upgrade getting Stafford, and then he goes and joins Goff in Detroit. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> I mean, literally the next day, wasn't it? I think so. I'm just like, that's so... <laughs> this is why you just gotta and be well... quiet. Like, you don't need to attack other players when you're in the league, because you have no idea that he's gotta go face him and be like, really, man? Or he'd be like, all those times in the locker room hey! where, where, you know, you're saying this and this, and then the second I leave, you say, you know, oh yeah, we're so much better now. And now here you are, back with me. Like, that's what you get. Just like I said, that'd be like if the Seahawks ended up trading uh, Russ for Matt Ryan. He'd be like, it's all my fault. Blame me. <laughs> I would blame you too. Like, man, you brought this upon us. Oh, man. But yeah, we got anything else in the NFL to talk about? Um, not anything too crazy. You had like other little signings. Like the Rams also got Deshaun Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. Kyle right. Fuller signed with Denver. Um, Sammy Watkins just signed with the Ravens. Oh, I saw that this morning. Six million. Mm-hmm. Some light. See, I like that because, you know, like I said, Tate is out there and I wouldn't mind us getting Tate. But you know, Watkins getting six, you know, Tate's not getting, well, I wouldn't think he's getting anywhere near that because he's so much, I don't know, so much older. <laughs> he's so you old. You elderly man, he's so Golden old. Tate. But you know, he's older, so. <laughs> you would think that he would get six. He's going to be in like the under four range probably. Yeah. So bodes well. All right. Up next, Jalen will give his top 10 receivers. Oh boy. Of all the times, in my opinion. Top 10 Wide receivers. Everyone loves themselves some wide receivers, right? Who doesn't? Divas. <laughs> I love wide receivers. Like they're this so fun to watch. So in football. hard for me to do because of you know just how long I've been watching football. Just a lot of guys to consider when putting together these lists. So just a few names I'll mention because I could go on and on. Guys like Michael Irvin. Chris Carter, Steve Smith, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Guys who have cases, but on my list, didn't make it. But, I mean, you got to mention them because they're just... They were that good, too. Yeah. So, I, it wouldn't feel... <laughs> oh, man. Wouldn't feel right if I didn't give them some respect. I'm trying to load... For my number 10 list. Number 10, I got Megatron, Calvin, Johnson. Obviously, you know, due to his short career, it was hard to, you know, put him higher on my list. It was like he, he was great, but, you know, the shortened career kind of knocks him down a little bit. That does kind of hurt him. But man, just what a 
what a player he was. Obviously, one of the biggest receivers you'll ever see. It was unbelievable the fact that he was able to play receiver as great as he did and do the things he did at his size. You know, getting himself a 1,900-yard season one year. And that's why I think so many people put him <laughs> so high. It's just, you know, because he was really big. And that's great. I mean, I... Mm-hmm. I think he's amazing, but I still don't. I think where you have him is is great because I think people put him too high. They like, oh, he's top five. I'm like, no, he's not. Like he, it's he's great. Like you can say he would have been. Yeah, right. He would mm-hmm. have been top if he five. kept playing. You can say that, but we don't really know. We know that he was so great that yes, he deserves to be. You know, even if not in the top ten, one of those honorable mentions right there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I like this choice at number ten. Hey, we took it took advantage of his size producing just some of the most impressive statistical seasons like you'll ever see. Over nineteen hundred receiving yards. You had over sixteen hundred receiving yards and sixteen touchdowns in a season. 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns in a season. Just, but like I said, what holds him back is the the short career for him. But I, I've i seen enough to where, like, I, I could put him, I feel comfortable putting him at 10. He was just a monster out there. You know, number nine, Julio Jones. Julio, Julio, Julio. Current receiver in the league still. Oh my goodness, he is just special to watch. It's. I feel like you peeked at my list. Un <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yep. he's not as big as Calvin, but still big for a receiver, and yet he's out here doing things like he's five, ten, under two hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean he's six three, two twenty. And he runs amazing routes. He's the only thing that really holds him back is like his touchdown total. Yeah. But you know how I feel about mm-hmm. that. It's because he has Matt Ryan. He has Matt Ryan a quarterback. <laughs> now, just... I know people are going to say, Calvin Johnson, this guy, this guy. I know, but at least Stafford had a connection with them. I swear, mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what what is Matt Ryan's, like, deal in the end? when they, When they get in the red zone, like – you guys should have that chemistry to where like you have like this, you have more connections in the end zone. Like think of Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, yeah, Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, you know, Brady and Moss had the connection and they played together for a couple of years, you know, (laughs) (laughs) young and rice, Montana and rice. You know what I mean? Like they make those connections, those touchdown connections, the red zone. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Like you look at his, Probably his greatest stretch I'll probably ever have for like six years, you know, over 1,500 yards, then over 1,800 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,600 yards, 1,300 yards. And like his highest touchdown total was he reached eight multiple times. And like statistically impressive, but you look at the touchdowns and it's like, man, like if only, you know, if you only had that guy. And he's not done yet. That, that's the thing. Like he could still move up. Like that's Calvin something Johnson, I wrote down too. To He'll me, probably. 
assuming you know he doesn't like get uh injured too much. injured too much anymore and like his motor slows down or anything like that he should be up higher when it's all said and done and he's already up here at nine for me and it would only take a couple of you know big touchdown seasons, like double digit touchdown seasons let's say the next two years he had 10 and 11 yeah then he's up to 81 touchdowns just like that maybe the falcons you know they have the fourth pick they could get another a different quarterback maybe he goes in and just gives julio a lot more looks yeah but i in think the red zone i do think they're they're poss they will possibly draft a quarterback but i don't think it would be to take over this year it would be that's true matt ryan's still their guy barring injury right or anything like that moving on to number eight I went with Isaac Bruce at this spot. I love Isaac Bruce. Very but he's not on my list. productive career, finishing 12th in career touchdowns, top five in career yards, and doing it, you know, playing alongside another elite receiver in Torrey Holt for a long time in his career. Another guy who produced one of the more statistically impressive years with over 1,700 yards and 13 touchdowns in his second season. That's pretty freaking good. So if he had more of a chance to be the sole guy if uh, Torrey Holt wasn't also getting his targets his way, that his numbers would probably be even greater. He might have been even higher on the list as well. But I said, you know what? Good enough for number eight on my list. I like what I see. Oh, yeah. Isaac Bruce is one of my favorite receivers of all time. But, yeah, like I said, he's not on my list, and it hurts my heart. <laughs> Moving on from Isaac Bruce from The Greatest Show on Turf, we move on at number seven. I went for somehow looking at his stats, how he never made an all-pro. It's Tim Brown. Former Raiders. That's funny because I receiver. told you all about Tim Brown, and he's not on my list either. <laughs> Looking at his numbers, having what is it nine seasons in a row with over a thousand yards, and he has one, two, three, four of those seasons with over thirteen hundred yards. What's one of those things? Uh, and this man about, isn't an All Pro. You know, they when you go like on football, Pro Football Reference, they don't tell you. When guys were second team all pro, yeah, that's they true. So maybe he was second first team. team, and like I looked up how many times like Steve Largent was, but I didn't get to because it's it's not easy to find. You would think it would just be oh, you know, right under their like awards and accomplishments, it would show first and second team all pro, but it doesn't. It only shows first team. You have to go to the list of all pros for each season, to and find then it. they have so many different things listed that you really have to take your time. And I'm like, I'm not doing all that. That didn't take way too much. But so yeah. yeah, it is crazy to me that he didn't get at least first team all pro looking at how consistently productive he was over like nine years. That's a long time in the NFL to be doing what you're great. doing. That's very impressive. And also multiple of those thousand yard seasons with a couple seasons with double digit touchdowns as well. And he didn't yeah, always that's... play with the best quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true as well. So number seven on my list. Number six, 
a guy who you just brought up, Marvin Harrison, <laughs> have the obviously have the luxury of playing with a guy like Peyton Manning. But I mean, still, that doesn't take away from the fact that in his prime, he was unbelievable. And his production level was unbelievable. 1,600-yard season, 1,500-yard season, 1,700-yard season. Each of those with double-digit touchdowns, reaching the 15-touchdown mark twice in his career. Over 100 receptions four times. That is wild stuff. <laughs> he was good. He was very good. And then, like I said, you know, a guy like Tim Brown, he didn't have the luxury of playing with Peyton Manning, you know, like Marvin Harrison did. But what I mean, you got to play up to that level when you have that guy, and he did just that. He lived up to what he should playing with a guy like Peyton Manning. So because of that, number six on my list. Nice, nice. Number five, a guy, if you don't like this guy, then something's wrong with you. Larry Fitzgerald, one oh, of the yeah. most just respectable and likable guys in all the league. And then, obviously, what stands out is his longevity is unbelievable. Playing all this time. So, I guess he's technically, I thought he was retired officially, but I guess, yeah, no, I saw no, the other day yet. he's not officially retired. Yeah, no, he's not. So, he could still be a current receiver. I saw that, I'm like, dang, really? Like, I thought he was, I thought I saw something that he was done, but. Nope. Thanks to his longevity, he's been able to put up numbers that are only second to Jerry Rice when you look at these lists. And it's just crazy to watch him go through many, many phases of the NFL and still be doing what he's doing and just adapting for the older he gets. Yep. And it's like, wow, he's like, it's special when yes, you're doing this is. as all this time goes on. And number four, I don't like this guy. It was, <laughs> you know, like, I got to admit, but I mean, Terrell Owens, you can't deny he was insanely talented. And even though, you know, his... <clears throat> Basically, locker room cancer kind of got him hopping around teams. Oh, don't say that because he'll say that he wasn't, and he will say, name me a teammate, name me a teammate. He is a problem. Yeah, he is a problem <laughs> in my eyes. But he's still going around and producing pretty much everywhere he went and producing at great levels, you know, all-time levels at, you know, his 6'3", 220-pound frame. Getting, you know, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns. 1,313. 1,214. 1,113. 1,315. Those are all-time great numbers right there. You have to be – that's a special kind of talent right there if you're out here doing things like that. You can't – even if you don't like them, like I said, I don't like them, but I can't. I can't deny, man. It's it's just too good. It's just too good to look past. So I, I had to give him number four. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about him. Number three, 
a guy that I like a lot more, which is probably why I have him above Terrell Owens, the man Steve Largent. Yes, sir. Steve. Seahawk legend. Oh, yes. His numbers, like when you look at everybody else, right, they're not like everyone else. For his time, he was what we know these guys are or look at them as. Like the way he's producing 1,200 yards multiple times. He had 8,000-yard seasons you know, throughout the mid-70s into the 80s. Doing what he was doing at that time was was unheard of. And so, like, you throw him in the time of those other guys, maybe he's producing at the same or even a greater level. You know, obviously, we won't know for sure, but that's something you got to look at. And just too underappreciated as well. Like, okay, he's a white guy. He don't even wear gloves out there. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. But he's going to get open. He's going to create separation. He's going to catch the freaking ball if it's in his area. Yep. It's. I could talk just, all day about Steve Largent. His ability. It's not always going <laughs> to jump out like in the film or anything, but. Yeah. Still. Too special. Too great. Number three. And then we get into the top two. My second greatest receiver, Mr. Randy Moss. When you have a football term to this day named after you that people still use. I wouldn't say to this day. It's not like he's <laughs> been well, I know. For, but it, I know what you're saying. It's like to this day. <laughs> to like this day. 50 years ago. <laughs> way back in the 90s. But you, you had to have been pretty freaking good right it's like what what is there to what else is there to say about Moss that hasn't been said athletic freak wherever he went pretty much minus Oakland he was just well then the very end with Tennessee and right but I mean you're but, yeah. older so it's a little bit harder but man just coming straight into the league and being as dominant as you are. You have 17 touchdowns in year one. And then you go on to have 11, then 15, then 10. Then you have 17 again. And then you head to New England. You have 23 touchdowns in a season. Along with almost 1,500 yards. Pfft. Nuts. Unbelievable. The freak. The fr Yeah, the freak for a reason. The freak is number two on my list. And then, I mean, number one, I don't think most people are shocked needs by this. Needs no introduction. No, needs no introduction. John Hudson. <laughs> Mike Evans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, it's Jerry Rice. I don't even have Mike Evans on this huge list of receivers I have right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. His stats are pretty much head and shoulders above pretty much everybody else. His accolades... As well, you know, mul multiple time Super Bowl champion, you know, 10 All Pros, 13 Pro Bowls, 22,000 receiving yards. Go When you're going over to Oakland at 40 years old and putting up 1,200 yards, that's absurd. Yes, How? Yes, it is. 
that's why, you know, when I hear Randy Moss say, you know, he's one and Rice is three or four, I'm like, okay, like, I don't really care if you say you're one, but three or four? Like, like nah, with, come on. I mean, because when you look at it all, I, I, you know what, I'm stepping on yours. Go ahead. <laughs> Just rid ridiculous. 40 years old. Longevity, like we, I brought up Larry Fitzgerald. I got to bring it up here as well. Ridiculous. 1,800 yards during his prime with 15 touchdowns. Multiple 15 touchdown seasons. Reaching up to 22 touchdowns is nuts. And you only... That was in 12 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, think about that. He had 22 and 12. In That's 12 crazy. games. And, and that record stood until Moss broke it, and it took him 16. Mm-hmm. And you had times where he's reaching 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns with under 100 receptions. That 22 touchdowns only had 65 catches that season. What? <laughs> Are awesome. you kidding me? Yep, he was it, amazing. There's a reason why there are people that yeah. still think he's the greatest player to ever play. Yeah, I mean, receiver. For good reason. I mean, I, I don't think I would have felt right or comfortable with my list if Rice wasn't at number one. It's a good list. Like Our lists are all pretty close. There's a couple differences. You good? I think I'm good to... Quick little recap. Calvin at 10, Julio at 9, Isaac Bruce at 8, Tim Brown at 7, Marvin Harrison at 6, Larry Fitzgerald entering at 5, Charles Owens 4, Steve Largent 3, Moss at 2, Jerry Rice number 1. Nice. And now you will be giving your top 10. Yes, I will. Next. All right can't believe how close our lists are we do this totally separate he just we talk mm -hmm. but you know like i'll tell you how much i love isaac bruce or tim brown and then literally yesterday we were talking about this and my list changed like three times like i there's so <laughs> many old school guys that i love like I, my honorable mentions you know you mentioned like andre johnson steve smith tory holt yeah. you know you mentioned michael Irvin and then you have Tim Brown and Isaac Bruce. And you also mentioned Chris Carter. Those are all in my honorable mentions. But like Carter, Bruce, Michael Irvin, those are three of my favorite receivers. Like if I name my favorite receivers, you know, I'm going to have Largent, yeah. uh, Moss, Fitzgerald, Isaac Bruce, Chris Carter, Julio Jones, Michael Irvin, Steve Smith, you know, Art Monk. Like those are like among my favorites. But doing this, I was trying to be you know, a little bit more balanced and looking at a lot of accolades and, you know, all pros, Pro Bowls, how many times they led the league and things. And so it's it gets kind of hard because you can't go too far back. You know, Don Hudson led the league in so many things, but he's only going to be in my honorable mentions because I'm like the 30s and the 40s, mm -hmm. they were the only, like he was the only one doing it. And I know people say, well, that's why he's a grace. You're only you're a product of your era. And I totally understand that. I believe that he belongs on the NFL top 100 team. He's probably my number 11. But I just, you know, when I, when I haven't seen somebody play, even when I look at all that stuff and it was that long ago, I 
I just can't put them up there. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, I didn't. But anyways, to my list, number 10. Calvin Johnson. Megatron. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is, but I was never... I shouldn't say I was never a huge fan. I always respected him and I always loved watching him, but I even had a problem putting him above some of my favorites, like Isaac Bruce and Tim Brown and Michael Irvin. Like I <clears throat> I decided to because, you know, nine seasons you get eleven thousand yards. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. You set the mm -hmm. record for receiving yards in a season, and you just wonder, you know, if he played for a little bit of a better team, a little bit of a better quarterback, like you mentioned, like Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning. Like, <clears throat> you know, what would some of these guys do? And and you can do that with every receiver on this list. <laughs> you know, yeah. Michael Irvin's playing, you know, with, yeah, he's playing with Troy Aikman, but he's playing in a run-based offense. That's the other thing. Like Calvin Johnson, he's playing in a league where it's more pass-happy. So, you know... I couldn't put him any higher, but I'll be honest, he barely even made my top 10. But mm -hmm. that's not because he's not great. It's just there's just so many receivers I love. It's really hard for me <laughs> to choose some of these guys. But anyways, number nine, Julio Jones. Julio. I think Julio's just better than Calvin Johnson. Like that's just basically yeah. what it is. He's one of my favorite receivers ever. Uh, he's so fun to watch. Just watch him run routes. I mean, I'll watch him run a route and the ball not even goes, you know, going anywhere near him. And I'm just like, did you just see what he did? <laughs> like, did you see how he shook that guy? But Matt Ryan's looking over there because his read was over there or whatever he saw at the line told him to look the other way. Yeah. And then I just watch Julio just embarrass that guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Or I Doing see that him, countless times also. I see him run a great route near the end zone and Matt Ryan just throws the ball just uncatchable or, you know, to where the defender can get a hand on it or just throws it better towards the defender than he does to Julio. But mm -hmm. Matt Ryan... <laughs> but anyways, I love Julio. He's number nine. Number eight, this is when it gets, where my list gets, you know, people are going to be like, what? Controversial. But it's Sterling Sharp. There he is. Sterling Sharp, to me, just like we talked about Calvin when you when you spoke, like if, if he played longer, Calvin Johnson probably ends up in like the top five, right? Probably. If Sterling Sharp didn't get hurt, I truly believe he would have been statistically the second greatest receiver of all time. Like where you see Fitzgerald right now, that would it would say Sterling Sharp. Mm -hmm. He was so good. Shannon Sharp went on after Julio got inducted and talked about how his brother Sterling was just as dominant back then and he should be in the Hall of Fame. So let me read you a couple things. <clears throat> Calvin Johnson led the NFL in receiving receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns a combined four times in his 135-game career. Sterling Sharp led the NFL in rece receptions, receiving touchdowns, and receiving yards a combined six times in his 112-game career. Calvin Johnson's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Sterling Sharp's not in the Hall of Fame. Both were three-time All-Pros. 
Calvin Johnson had two seasons with 90-plus receptions. Sterling Sharp had four seasons with 90-plus receptions. Two times Sharp set the NFL record for receptions in a season. Both only played in two career playoff games. Calvin Johnson had like almost 300 total yards and two touchdowns. And I don't remember what Sterling's, because this doesn't say the yards. I just know off the top of my head that Calvin Johnson had that many. But I'm pretty sure Sterling had like well over 200 yards. But he had four touchdowns in those games. After seven seasons, because Sterling Sharp's career is cut short after seven years because of a neck injury, in that last year, he led the NFL in touchdowns with 18. <clears throat> but after seven years, he had 595 catches to Calvin Johnson's 572. Now, Calvin's got him in yards, 8,134 for Sterling, 9,328 for Calvin. And then Sterling had 65 touchdowns to Calvin's 66. So, you know, mm. they're right there. But now... I know people are going to say, well, Calvin Johnson's numbers are better. And, but think of the era, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the other thing you got to think about with these receivers is, is the era. It was so different, let alone just passing a lot, but what corners could do. You could tell me about the triple teams and everything that, or the double teams. I like Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss got. It's not like Sterling Sharp and Jerry Rice didn't get double or triple teamed ever, but they could also be more physical. They could grab them, hold them all the way down the field. They could do, they got away with so much more. To me, Sterling Sharp, like I he's one of the greatest. Like, if if I just have my four receiver receivers, Sterling Sharp's one of them on my You're team. A, yeah, if I'm putting together a team. Yeah, if I'm putting together a team of the all-time team for me, you know, like I said, Isaac Bruce is one of my favorite. Isaac Bruce is gonna be on that team. Sterling Sharp's going to be on that team. And two others who I haven't mentioned yet are on my top 10 list right here are going to be on that team. So, And I believe truly 1,000% that at his best, even that he was better than Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones and, all, mm -hmm. and Chris Carter's and the Isaac Bruce. That's why he's number eight. All right. So Sterling Sharp should be in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> number seven, Lance Allworth. Mm. Now, I never saw Lance Allworth play, but I've heard so much. I've seen a ton of highlights. And statistically, you know, when you look at how many times he led the league in things, three times he led the NFL in receptions, three times he led the NFL in receiving yards, and three times he led the NFL in touchdowns. If you look at his total career numbers, you're not blown away. 542 catches, 10,000. 206 yards and 85 touchdowns but he didn't play as long you know and that also he's playing i mean i, I believe his whole career was 14 game seasons mm. so he didn't play in any 16 game seasons and he had ridiculous numbers in some of those seasons i mean it's it's incredible that we forget guys and you forget lance allworth I mean, he had 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns in a 14-game season. And he did that on 69 catches. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he, was, he was kind of Randy Moss in a sense. Like, he wasn't, you know, tall than a freak in that regard. But when you just think of just going deep and getting past the defenses, that's what Lance Allworth did. And... 
you could you could argue he did it better than anybody, honestly. So number seven on my list. Like where where you had, you know, the Isaac Bruce and the Tim Brown, that's where I have Sterling Sharp and Lance Hall. <laughs> because as much as I love and I truly love Isaac Bruce Bruce and Tim Brown, they're amazing. But I just don't think they're as good as those two in their prime. Number six, Marvin Harrison. Marvin. Just, hey. just like you. <clears throat> you know. I mean, what can you say? Great route runner, great hands, just the connection that they had. It's incredible, but you get that through your hard work. And you just see him going up against the best and getting it done. Yeah. Statistic, how many times did he lead the league in things, you know? Two times in receptions, two times in yards, one time in touchdowns. Three-time All-Pro. You know, All-Pros are big, too. You know, like Calvin Johnson is three-time, Julio two-time, Sterling Sharp three-time. Lance Allworth was a six-time All-Pro. <laughs> and Marvin Harrison's a three-time All-Pro. You know, that that stuff's pretty important, too. You know, and same with records. Like, when guys set some records, I, I like those kinds of things. But I think it's important, and it shows an impact that you made, right? Mm -hmm. So, and Marvin Harrison had the reception record in a season at one time. I know what, uh, Antonio broke it, right? Antonio I so. Brown, I believe, broke it. All right, so number five, I believe. Oh, no, number five isn't the same as yours. I have T.O. at number five. Ah, okay. Partially because I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yes, I, I, if I don't like somebody, I can't put them above people who I put in the same range. You know what I mean? So, you know, like we're going to, I'll just say who my number four is right now. And it's Fitzgerald because mm -hmm. do I think T.O. is way better than Fitzgerald? No. Do I think Fitzgerald's way better than T.O.? No. Who do I like better? Fitzgerald. So he's number four. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now, but T.O. is amazing, right? Five time yeah. all pro, six pro bowls, 9,000 yard seasons. He led the NFL in touchdowns three times. And he did it on multiple teams, right? He did it with the 49ers. He did it with the Eagles. He did it with the Cowboys. And then he had some kind of decent seasons with Buffalo and Cincinnati, I believe. You know, so you can't deny his greatness. Yeah. So he's a top five receiver all time, though I hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> But I do agree with him after after Calvin Johnson got first ballot, you know, he was kind of annoyed with that because he was like, you know, they made me wait because all these other people in line, how come he didn't have to wait? And I 100% yeah. agree with that. Calvin Johnson should not have been in. Again, I mean, I believe Sterling Sharp is better. Sterling Sharp should have been in the Hall of Fame before Calvin Johnson. And there's other guys, too, that probably should have been. But it is what it is. So though I hate him, I can still agree with him sometimes. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Number four, Fitzgerald, just like I said. I just can't say enough good things. I mean, if you just, if somebody told me like they would take Fitzgerald over anybody, how can you really argue that? Like, he is great. Right. <laughs> what doesn't he do well? He catches everything in sight, runs great routes. It's, does he have blazing speed? No. Is he slow? Oh, heck no. No. <laughs> you know? He's led the NFL in receptions twice and in touchdowns twice. You know, so, I mean, he has 121 
career touchdowns. You know, T.O. at 153, that's the third most all time. But Fitz got some in catches and yards, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's only, but he's only a one-time All-Pro, which I, I can't believe. Like, that's ridiculous. Then you think about his playoff run, the year that the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, look at the catches that he makes, the things that he that he does. Like, I mean, you could argue four's too low. I mean, I know people would argue with T.O. too, and they'll argue with Calvin Johnson and all that stuff. But you can make an argument with Almost any one of these guys, honestly. And some of the yeah. guys off the list. Because it is just that hard. Number three. See, I'm about to get controversial again. Randy Moss. I oh. love Randy Moss. When Randy Moss was coming out of Marshall, I so I'm, I want to see out all the draft him so badly. I remember I worked at Target at the time. I'm just a cashier. And he gets drafted by Minnesota, and they and Target starts selling all these Randy Moss shirts. I bought every one that that we sold. Like, I love Randy Moss, but I have him at number three. No, he's a four-time All-Pro, six six Pro Bowls, ten thousand-yard seasons. He led the NFL in touchdowns five times. But what is it about it? Like, so he he was great in Minnesota. But he went to Oakland, and I'm telling you, this is where it sullies it for me. Just a little. Because, yes, I know Oakland wasn't great. But so? (laughs) You know? You had barely over 1,000 yards, and then you didn't really even come close to 1,000 yards. And then you go to New England, and you go crazy again. And you just show, you know, how great you are. But I need to see... That just the two-year gap just drops you from mm. where where a lot of people will have him at two. Because, yes, he's the freak. And when – I mean, I was the same way. Like, you would see highlights and he's just like, just just chuck up the ball. Like, I would say that all the time when I'm watching Randy Moss. I'm like, why? Just throw it up. He's going to get it. Yeah. Nobody else is going to get it but him. I mean, he's amazing. He runs great routes. He has great hands. He was awesome. But sometimes when you when you thought, okay, all, all they got to do is get the ball to Moss, and then they couldn't for whatever reason. Or, you know, look at his playoff resume isn't great. He doesn't have these great playoff numbers as some of the other either guys on this list or even guys not on this list. And so it just talent-wise, he's probably number one talent-wise. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is about. You gotta, you gotta look at everything. What, you know, he has the single season touchdown record. Is that the only record that Randy Moss holds? You know, so. But I love him. I'm, t- I'm only saying any negative to justify my number two, <laughs> <laughs> because I love Randy Moss. But I'm a Seahawks fan. And the greatest player for me, I know everybody said Walter Jones, for me in Seahawks history is Steve Largent. I love Steve Largent and I hold him in the highest regard. To me, like I said about Fitzgerald, like people would say, you know, Fitzgerald's a perfect receiver. I'm taking Steve Largent. Think about Marvin Harrison. We were talking about Marvin Harrison, how great he was. Steve Largent was like Marvin Harrison, you know, except he was playing in a different era. 
he's playing mm -hmm. again where you can mug a guy i mean just do whatever you want he's this he wasn't undersized like people like undersized i mean he's 511 that's not undersized there's a lot yeah. of 511 receivers who've done things six foot you know 511 to six one is like what a lot of these guys you know especially a lot of the guys who are in our uh honorable mentions you know but you know I kind of put him with Marvin Harrison a lot in terms of like, think about what Marvin Harrison did and then just think what Steve Largent could have done with a Peyton Manning. He's doing it with Dave Craig and Jim Zorn. Seahawk legends, don't get me wrong, but come on. You know, he had every receiving record when he retired. Yeah. All of them, receptions, yards, touchdowns, you know, thousand yard seasons, consecutive games with a catch. You know, I mean, he led the league in uh receiving yards twice you know he had seven pro bowls he was only a one-time all pro like i said i looked up how many times he was second team because i couldn't believe it and then i see that he was a four-time second team all pro and i saw some of the people who were all pro above him in their seasons they had and i'm like sometimes the voters in the 80s had no idea what they were doing and i think anybody who followed footballs in the 80s know that because a punter won the NFL MVP one year. So well deserved. I mean, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous some of the things that they did. So, and granted, you could say that about a lot of guys that, oh, this guy should have been an all pro this year. But really, if you go back and you look at the 80s, some of those guys just totally got chipped. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, what was that quarterback? Brian, what a sipe that I was just telling you about that was an oh, was it? Was, he was, yeah, he was because you were looking at team, numbers and stuff. He was and you found him all pro when he threw 28 touchdowns and 26 picks. Roger Staubach had 27 and 11, and he wasn't even first or second team all pro. I'm like, what were they doing? The guy led the league in interceptions. I'm saying I might have to change my top 10 quarterbacks because of, because of sipe. I watched football my whole life and I had never, I had never heard that name before. Like, Oh my gosh, what were they doing in the eighties? Anyways, nobody ran better routes than Steve Largent. Nobody had better hands. He was deceptively fast. People act like he was slow. He wasn't slow. He was, I mean, just go look at the highlights and see how much separation he gets. The way he would trick defenders by, you know, like looking one way or just, like kind of looking subtle up. he things. would like look up for the ball when he knew it wasn't coming so that they would look and then he would just you know make a cut or run past them he didn't really ever slow down you know out of breaks he didn't lose speed so when a you know he'd make his cut and go and he's going the same speed while the defenders you know slowing down like he was amazing it he was such a pleasure to watch and I didn't even get to see his entire career because, you know, he started in 76. I wasn't born till 77, you know, but I was at his retirement ceremony, uh, 1989. I never forget it. He is, I would have him number one if I could justify that, but I can't. <laughs> number one has to be Jerry Rice. He has 1500 receptions for 22,000 yards and 197 receiving touchdowns. That's ridiculous. He led the NFL in receptions twice, in yards six times, in touchdowns <laughs> six times. What? Yeah. What? There's, you cannot justify it. No matter who it is, you cannot justify Moss. You can't, Owens, the people who for some reason want to try to say Calvin Johnson. No, 
there's, there's no justification. You can't do it. I tried to for years. I really did. I'm like, Jerry Rice had Joe Montana and Steve Young and, and, the, and the West Coast offense and, and you know, Largent played in a, you know, in the ground chuck for so much of his career and Dave Craig and Jim Zorn and, and yeah, no, you, you just can't. You can't. Yeah. Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time. And yeah, I mean, our lists were pretty similar. I'm, I'm actually surprised at that. I love how you had Isaac Bruce and Tim Brown on there because, you know, they're, they're a couple of my favorites, but I just, I had to give some love to Lance Allworth and, and Sterling Sharp to me is just like, he's lit. Mm -hmm. Like I said, my four, four receivers I would have on a team, Largent, Sterling Sharp, Randy Moss, Isaac Bruce. Those are my four. I take those four. You can have anybody else, any four, and I don't care. I believe mine are better than yours all day, every day. You can have Rice, Owens, Fitzgerald, and like you got Calvin Johnson. And I'm like, nope, we're better. And we're going to smoke your guys all day long. And you can't tell me otherwise. You could try. <laughs> you could say it, but I'm not listening. Not listening. So, yeah, those are our greatest wide receivers of all time. And oh, by the way, it's all subjective, people. So, yeah. you know, don't get all your panties in a bunch. It's fine. You have yours. That's great. You could disagree. I mean, I really think that there's only like, you know, five guys, eh, maybe six guys that should be on everybody's list. And then after that, you know, you can have Hudson. You can have Raymond Barry on there. You know, he was so great. How can you, how can you, you know, compare him to now? That's why I was saying, you know, we, we got to do one later on down the road, you know, maybe next year or something where, where we split it up to the pre 16 game seasons and, and the post, because there are guys that really deserve their credit. So, I mean, and we saw some of them on the NFL, you know, all time team, the mm -hmm. NFL 100 all time team, you know, you got like Paul Warfield and stuff like that on there. And like I said, Raymond Barry, I mean, Don Maynard from the jets probably gets some, <laughs> would probably deserve to be on that list. If we did the pre, I mean, some people would say, what do you mean the pre? He should be in your top 10, you know? And I mean, there's, there's so many great receivers. There's so many guys that I love so much. Like I mentioned, Art Monk and, you know, I mean, Anquan Bolden, statistically, you can put him up there too. And all around, he's one of my favorite. I love Anquan Bolden. I loved watching him play, but doesn't make my list. He didn't even make my honorable mentions until just now. <laughs> you know, so anyways, those are our lists. Love them or hate them. I don't care. Top 10 receivers <laughs> in our eyes. What's up next? Think wrestling time? Wrestling. All right. So for the most part, a lot of this wrestling talk is just going to be, you know, we're recapping fast lane to start out and then a lot of match announcements for upcoming events. So let's go through fast lane real quick. You had the U.S. title match was actually the pre-show match. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, I mean, especially how the show started. Like, could you have given us that on the main card? <laughs> God. God. <laughs> Legend, the pre-show was better than like pretty much the entire first hour of the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. First hour was garbage. Anyways, Riddle retained his title against Mustafa Ali. After the match, Retribution turned on Ali, 
signaling that the group is finally done for, which, thank goodness. <laughs> and then we get into the main card. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retain their tag titles versus Sasha Banks and Bianca. Eh. Just all I have to say about yeah, that. Yeah, there was nothing good about it. Everybody knew the only reason they were doing that match was to finally start the drama between uh, Bianca and Sasha. Which they should have done already. And they, yeah, so they was, really dropped the ball with this build, man. It sucks. Yeah, they have. I mean, especially when you're going to you're gonna talk about the, it's a match against two, you know, African-American female superstars. And it could even main event. And you've done a poor job building it. Like you, you're almost doing it like, well, that, that sells itself. But you still want to tell, you want to have it be the best story it can be. Yeah. And, you know, they, they still got a little bit of time that maybe they can. I'm sure, I'm, look, there's a lot of people that are invested just because they love both of those, you know, right. those women. But I just don't like the story that they've told so far. So I really hope they get this going. Because that then, was that was not good. It was like Yeah, it was I remember watching me like, ah, okay. And then Biggie retained his title against Apollo Cruz, kind of. I guess. <laughs> the finish, I I I I don't get it. It was to set up, you know, their story going further, but I'm just like, I would be more fine with this if Apollo wasn't literally the only person Biggie has faced since he's won the title. Yeah, I mean, like he's might have faced like one or two other people on SmackDown a couple times, and every other time it's been Apollo. He's gotten like five title shots. It seems like, you know. So I haven't paid enough attention to all of that. All I know is I didn't like this match because, again, like in the first match you got, in the tag match you've got Shayna and Nia kind of having a little bit of problem with each other, and then you've got. Bianca and Sasha having this problem with each other. And so there's a lot of little bickering going on during the match instead of let's just have some wrestling. And, yeah. you know, uh, and it doesn't have to be both teams. And then you get into this one and the whole beginning, you've got Big E just going, this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. And I'm like, okay, you've already said that like 10 times. Can we just, can you just wrestle now and stop, you know, you wanted this, you wanted to, let's go, just wrestle. And, and then you didn't, really get that and then you got the you know the roll-up pin and then it's kind of like okay and now you figure the wrestlemania match you're not going to have that because then right. what did apollo do after the match you know attacks him and all that stuff but just for me like that first hour i mean i literally tweeted out like this is trash this is what you're giving us this is garbage what are you doing yeah so and then like you that. had what was supposed to be Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, but then they showed in the pre-show how Shane was. I totally forgot about this match. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm. I'm I know. Literally right? thought you were gonna go to uh, Seth and Shinsuke. Set, yep, I totally. I've been thinking about this for three days, and I totally forgot that this match even happened. That's how stupid and awful this whole thing yeah. was. Shane was um, injured, quote unquote while training for the match earlier in the night. So we got Elias to replace him in this match, and Braun Strowman squashes him. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that, because it doesn't deserve to be talked about anymore. And then, yeah. we finally got something decent in the show. Seth Rollins and Shinsuke put on a pretty solid match with Seth come out on top. 
it was like, okay, finally something. Yeah, I mean, and even that, it kind of started a little bit slow, but that was okay. The only, look, I don't have a problem with matches starting slow because you're trying to tell a story and build, right? The only reason it was kind of a problem was the way the pay-per-view had been. You were kind of like, oh, come on, can we get a match that's going to actually pick up? But then it did. So, and that's literally when the whole pay-per-view changed. Yes. It had been absolute garbage. And then, you know, and then Seth and the Drip saved the day. Seth and the Drip, (laughs) yes. The Messiah Drip. You got to love it. And then the No Holds Barred match, Drew McIntyre defeated Sheamus really good. Going through, you know, yeah, I'm throwing him through the monitors, the, monitors, the people in the Thunderdome. And people should be there anyway. Just I, I could just imagine they're just sitting there. Like, they're looking at the rings like, where do they go? Where did said the Drew go? They're behind him. My and monitor's down. <laughs> an error screen pops up. <laughs> Please stand by. Oh, man. Drew comes out on top. Great matchup between those two. And then Bliss versus Orton was interesting. Yeah, that okay. So the I actually made wanted to see some wrestling, and all it was was, you know, Alexa kind of toying with Randy a little running, bit. But yeah, he tried to come close, and then she did a little fire thing. Yeah, and then she's like jogging around the ring, and then lights the lights fell, and then she gets back in the ring, and then he does. She does the fire thing again, and then a hand comes out. A, from under the ring and you're like, oh, okay, you know, uh, we all knew The Fiend was coming back, but why in the world did they make him look Mm. like that? Like, what are you doing? He just needs to come back like he was. Not like, make try to make him- Maybe Alexa set him uh, on fire again with the fire that she did and that's why he burns again. dumb. (laughs) I'm like, what are you guys doing? So yeah, I, I just thought the whole thing was stupid. Then, oh, and by the way, what kind of match was this? Was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be just a match. Yeah, that's it. So that's what I was wondering. So, because I forgot. Because while you're watching, I did it, the bell ring. I don't know. Yeah, the bell rung. So you know, okay, you're so... watching, and you're kind, and, and I guess that's what they were going for. Is you just kind of get so distracted with like, what is, what are they even doing? Or yeah, or maybe <laughs> they, maybe they thought people were gonna think this was really cool. And then, so then the fiend comes out, and then he hits Sister Abigail, and then Alexa pins him, and I'm like, wait, was this a no DQ, no holds bar. Like, what What was this? I thought this was a reg- supposed to be a regular match. Maybe the ref just ran away. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe we forgot. But, you know, it, it just didn't go good. It's like you finally did a couple things good in the pay-per-view, and then you did that. And you're going to, you know, make people want to turn it off. Turn off the peacock. The peacock, oh boy. And then your main event, Universal Championship. Roman Reigns is still champion after the little controversial finish where Edge had to step in after the ref got taken out. Daniel, after Edge was, Daniel accidentally hit Edge with the chair when trying to attack Roman since the ref was taken out. You'd think after all his years in wrestling and, and being gone and watching on TV that Edge would know that accidents happen sometimes, man. Sheesh. Doesn't mean it doesn't enrage him because it happened to him. No. Oh. I don't care if it happens to anybody else, but it doesn't happen to me. So then Daniel has the yes lock on Roman, and you see Roman barely like tapping just a little bit. He just got him. He wasn't. He wasn't tapping. 
No. No, he wasn't. And then Edge hits Daniel Not with the, the chair. Tribal chief. He would never tap. <laughs> but he yeah. would never. And then Edge hits Roman with the chair as well, walks away. Another ref has to come out so Roman can pin Daniel to retain the belt. And it's not that it's not good stuff. It's just that we kind of, you know, saw everybody just kind of saw the Daniel Bryan yeah. getting added to the match type thing. And this is how it was going to go. So, but you know, sometimes you know it and it's just done well. I guess it's just because, like, again, we've talked about this. Like, we feel like Edge is getting the belt. Yeah. And I guess this is better. Because if he Whereas beats Edge Roman, just pinning Roman, then I, I do have more of a problem with that. But in this way, if he pins Daniel Bryan, then, then you know. you're like, oh, okay. Roman's still you know. the guy. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't hurt him. And then with all that, WrestleMania matches were made official. So like we brought up, Daniel Bryan has officially been added to that universal match. So it'll be Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan for the title. At Mania, Bobby Lashley will officially be defending against Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Big E versus Apollo Crews in their rematch for their 10th time. <laughs> Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman will actually happen. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they'll drag it all the way out to like With SummerSlam Elias. or something. Perf- yeah, he'll perform something. Um, Bad Bunny's going to go one-on-one with The Miz. Why is he going one-on-one with The Miz? Why isn't it a tag match? Why no Priest and Morrison? Hopefully, I mean, I, they have time to change it, but they should have just made it a tag match anyway. So, yeah, I don't like that. I know, I mean, Priest is definitely going to be in his corner anyway, so I don't mind. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that was like my bright side of all this. I was like, well, at least, you know, Bad Bunny gets eyes, and they're going to have more eyes on Priest, and then he's not even in the match as of right now. And it's like, well, Why? Exactly. Ridiculous. And then Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt made official. And then Asuka will defend against Rhea Ripley, who made her debut on Raw, challenged her. Now, is this only because Charlotte being out? I don't know. I did see. And I don't care. (laughs) Charlotte should be back soon, however. So I'm like, great. There's still time for him to add her. Like, let's Charlotte do anything else. Yeah, I Anything just want to see Rhea and Asuka. And yes. It's, it's not that I don't think... One-on-one. Yeah, Charlotte can be on Mania. It's totally fine. Yep. Just don't put her in that match. Just don't put her in that match. You know, I would... And, and I don't know what Becky Lynch's situation is mm-hmm. right now. But I really want to see them as the four horsewomen. And, you know, you got Bailey kind of off doing her thing right now. You got Sasha probably gonna lose you got charlotte not doing anything couldn't they just if becky was able to and like sasha loses on like night one i don't know i just would like to see them just do something it could even just be a backstage segment backstage segment where they just hint at doing that and then we kind of get that going because people have been wanting that forever and they yeah. need, they need to do that we don't need to see the four horsemen again but we can do the four horse women yes with those four i mean just running oh man come on that's please it's not gonna happen i just fantasy book something for for no reason at all oh i do it all the time just to get my hopes up and i don't know why i did i do it all the time damn it and then news broke out this week andrade no longer a part of wwe he has been released officially 
And, mo you know, most of the time people have to wait for some 90-day non-compete clause before they could sign anywhere. Not Andrade. Yeah, but not Andrade. They're actually just letting him go do his thing. So I thought that was very interesting. They're just going to let him I know, especially because right they it. weren't going to release him at first. Yep. And then they release him and they they say, oh, yeah, and you can compete right away. Like, I thought that was really weird. And I wonder if that's maybe a Charlotte thing where she was like, you know, went to them and said, look, let him go and also let him compete. Otherwise, we're going to have an issue. Yeah. And if there's she a good chance that, that happened. Then, you know, bravo. Yeah. Brava. You know? That's awesome. And then one thing I didn't like seeing, you had Keith Lee kind of randomly taken off TV after earning a spot in the U.S. title match at Chamber back then. Mm -hmm. But apparently he has some health concerns that's been keeping him off of TV, and he hasn't been cleared to get back in the ring. So that was not good to see. I saw that. I'm like, oh, man, that Hopefully sucks. He's Hopefully all right. It, yeah, I don't want it to be serious or anything. No, not so that after. makes a lot of sense as to why you know he was randomly like taken out of the match and all that. Hope everything's all right. That's not good. Anyway, the next takeover is starting to take shape. Man, I, I can't wait for this takeover. So some of the way things were set up were a bit weird, but still the matches should be really good. So you're gonna have on night one of takeover. There's gonna be a gauntlet to determine. Who Johnny Gargano defends against on night two. But that one I kind of find weird because you have this whole thing with Loomis going on. So you you could have it would have made sense if they just announced They're Johnny just versus have Loomis. Loomis. But win the Yeah, gauntlet. he'll just win. So so but that's just being picky. It should be good anyway. And then Jordan Devlin and Escobar will have their match to determine who's the real who's the real cruiserweight champion, and it'll be in a ladder match. Yeah, I saw that, Shawn Michaels. I'm like, you don't need to be there. Yeah, I know. That, that's the one I thought that was really weird. I'm like, why did Shawn Michaels do that? But anyway, I'm like, a ladder match between those two? Yep, sign me up. Sold. Walter versus Champa. Yeah. Not only made official, it'll be for the UK NXT UK title. Now, see, I love it. But whew, I'm like, Champa's going to lose because it's for the UK title. And that's the only bad thing about this is I got to see Champa lose again. Yeah. You know, like, why is he just taking all these L's lately? It's driving me crazy. But it's going to be a great match. So yes. Who really cares? It's going to be amazing. Unfortunately for the tag team division, the champions, Lorcan and Birch, had to vacate the belts on the last NXT Birch. Or excuse me. Wait, was it? It was Birch. Suffered an injury during one of their matches. They had to vacate the titles. So to determine the champions at TakeOver, we're going to have a triple threat tag team match between two members of Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza, taking on the Grizzled Young Veterans, as well as MSK. Man, that's going to be really good. I kind of... I, find it I talk about how much I love MSK. I don't know if I'd have them win here. I think, personally, I think Grizzled Young Veterans should win so you could carry out this story with MSK more. Yeah. Have another tag team versus tag team bout. MSK can then get the belts. Yeah, that's just what I think. I agree with you. I think just because MSK has, you know, 
the hot thing. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to just throw it on them already. Yeah. Because you've got guys who have been there working hard that are really good. And just like you said, you've already got like a feud kind of going on with them. Mm -hmm. So you put it on the heel team and then you let MSK come after them. Like have them chase the belts and chase something as opposed to having like what they've gotten so far so fast. Exactly. It'll be different for him. And I just think not that I wouldn't be mad if they won either, but I think that would be the better way to go. They made it official that Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez will main event night one of TakeOver. I should be... I don't I don't we'll remember see. if I brought that up last week. That's why I wrote it down. Maybe I said this already. Yeah, I'm not... I think you did. And I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about it necessarily main eventing. Just because I don't know about Raquel Gonzalez yet. Like, I mean, yes, yeah, she's big and everything and strong, but... I don't know how I feel about her totally as a worker, you know? So I like, I've been, she's been getting a lot of shine on NXT. And, you know, obviously I'm checking it out all the time. I, I've liked what, what I've and seen. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do is check it out then because, yeah, I haven't seen enough. Mm -hmm. So, and then Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, they're going to have an unsanctioned match at TakeOver. They just can't Man. stop fighting each other. Everywhere the way you look. They're always fighting. The contract signing they did and the promos they gave and stuff, man, it was so good. Like, so go out of your way to check that out. They did fantastic, and I'm so happy that it's going to be an unsanctioned match because, you know, if you checked out their matches, like, in Ring of Honor, in, like, their no DQ match or whatever it was, they can put on something special. It was a fantastic match. And I don't expect anything less at TakeOver. All right. And then, yeah, over on AEW, it was mainly a lot of like storytelling for them going on. So not too much on their side. But they did announce that Christian is set for his yeah. first battle on Dynamite. He's going to take on a guy who has a bit, he has a bit of history with in Frankie Kazarian. I got my I Work Everyone shirt. Yeah, you got your Christian shirt. Oh, yes. Just in time, too. And then you had a TNT title match, Darby Allen retaining his belt against John Silver of the Dark Order. And then you had the Britt Baker had a promo that got a lot of people talking after her match with Thunder Rosa in the unsanctioned match that got a lot of people talking. So she's just on fire right now in AEW. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's next in line to be woman's champion. Oh yeah, I think there's a lot of people that thought she would have been by now, you know? Mm -hmm. She had the injury, so. Right. Looks like it's about time for her, and yeah, that's the world of wrestling right All now. Alright. Up next, I can't wait any longer. MCU. Marvel. Alright. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. Dose. Again, I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but I honestly don't feel like there's much to spoil. So, and plus, I mean, I'm not going to assume everybody who listens to this avoid social media and don't, they don't, you know, they had to have seen it trending and all these things. So, uh, it's hard because I want to talk about it, you know. So, episode one finished off with you know, the new cap, yep. the new Captain America, John Walker, and, and everybody's so mad. 
So episode two is called The Star-Spangled Man. And so it's about, a lot of it's about John Walker. And I'm a huge John Walker fan, so I loved it. And even, even if I didn't, it was a great episode. Oh, yeah. It just really was good. And everything that they're doing, you know, they you're getting more insight on the Flag Smashers. Uh, that was really interesting. And you're kind of wondering, like, are they actually going to be the bad guys here? Yeah. Because I'm starting to think that they're not. You know, that yes, they're kind of doing some bad things, whatever. But, you know, that doesn't always mean they're bad guys. <laughs> it's just that they're little misguided or, or whatever. Or they have their reasons for doing whatever they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then we got, oh, just... It's so hard. I guess, I guess I'll just talk about it. <laughs> I, I, it, I hate it because spoilers I don't ahead. Give spoilers, possibly. But, but it's like, again, I just I don't know how many people listen to this who didn't already watch it or intended to watch it, or even know what they, what some of these names I'm going to give are. You know what I mean? So right. And I'm not going to go too in depth on it, everything for that reason but so you know they got john walker he's the new captain america and he actually you know they're telling a good story with him a good they they got a good yeah. backstory with him he's got lamar Hoskins. it's good for you know someone like me who you know i only known for him like what you've told me and you know i don't read the comics and all that so it's good to get that you know context for him and who he is and everything like that yeah and you know they introduced Battlestar also you know they're they're giving him a good storyline you know they're yeah he's he wants to do what's right like he literally says that i you know i want to do a good job i want to do the job i want to do a good job i want people to he wants people to like him you know <laughs> and appreciate him but at the same time he's not sam and he's not steve and he's not bucky he's not a guy that people want to see have the shield, but he didn't necessarily do anything wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and we are in the post blip world and he was, a, and he's a soldier, you know? So he, they said, what, he got three purple hearts, you know, like he's done great things, but everybody just wants to hate him because he's not Steve or Sam or Bucky. And so they're going to, they nitpick in every single thing that he says in this show. I'm like, Oh, Calm down. You guys are crazy. <laughs> but like I said, we all know that Sam's getting the shield back. I mean, I I guess that's a spoiler. You've seen the trailers. <laughs> like Sam is throwing the shield. Bucky catches the shield. I mean, why is everybody so crazy? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just enjoy it. But at one point they go and they visit Isaiah Bradley. Sam and Bucky do. And I thought that was awesome. And I really hope that they go in depth on that. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You got a lot of action, you know, at the beginning of the episode, you got yeah. the racial, you know, tensions with, Oof, them, yeah. you know, stopping Sam and Bucky in the street. And when they were kind of arguing, they were like bickering. Just, yeah. Just having, you know, a, a argument amongst friends and the police stop them. And they're asking Bucky, you know, is this man bothering you? It's like, oh my gosh, like they, they're just straight ripping this right out, you know, of the headlines and, and just very tough stuff to swallow, but, you know, great for, for this show and for relevancy, you know? Yeah. And 
then you've got the introduction of the mention of i should say the power broker which again if you watch that shouldn't be a surprise either because at the end of episode one in the credits they showed a sign for power broker and so you know that shouldn't be any kind of a spoiler but they got him they they kind of they they mention him and they show the flag smasher say oh he found us or they found us and you know the power broker and they mention him and so you're like uh oh so is the power broker the villain here mm -hmm. and then or you know is the government is there hydra you know there's obviously just like wandavision is all this speculation but right now let's just go on the power broker so and then we've got their super soldiers right the yep. flag smashers are all super soldiers all of them yep <laughs> you know so now sam and bucky are like well how are we supposed to stop super soldiers so at the very end of the episode they decide they got to go visit somebody somebody <laughs> and we all know who that is so we'll just say zemo yes no they didn't show them go and get zemo yeah that know, was the ending that's just the ending but you know but there was like i said great action at the beginning everybody's seen the trailers where they're fighting on top of the truck sam and bucky are fighting the flag smashers on top of the truck but what they didn't show was that cap john walker i know i i, I call him cap everybody's gonna get mad <laughs> I, trust me i actually am doing it just to make you mad because i don't even really consider john walker captain america he's u.s agent so, yeah so but you know captain america john walker shows up with battlestar in that scene and Oh, I loved every minute of it. Uh, just so great. I can't. This this episode. By the time we get to our next plot, I'm gonna have watched that episode like seven times. Yeah. Like, uh, I loved it so much. So it was great stuff. I can't wait for all of it to play out. I, you know, I'm hoping that that John Walker becomes the U.S. agent. I'm hoping Battlestar sticks around. I feel like there's really bad news in store for Battlestar. I hope not, though. But yeah, now what's going to go on with Zemo? Like, are they going to break Zemo out? Do it. <laughs> to help stop these super soldiers. And then and then that goes back into my, my thing about why people hate John Walker so much. Like, Wanda literally held a town hostage. Yeah. And we love Wanda, right? But fans are out here just... They want to do horrible things to John Walker <laughs> because he has the shield. I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, calm down. Like, I'm. it's great and all, I guess, that it causes such emotion. You're right. Sam deserves the shield. You're absolutely right. But calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, good gosh. I, I cannot believe the things that I read on social media. And I, I want to see it because it, it does crack me up in a lot of ways, but sometimes I'm like, I mean, are you legitimately that mad or are you just joking? Like, yeah. Because some people, you can tell that it's just playful, but other people, I'm just like, wow, okay, that that person's like, there's something wrong. And then I've seen numerous people say, can you guys not actually attack the actor who's portraying him because he's just playing a role? And I'm like, are people doing that? Are you guys really that dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, just... It's it's all great stuff. Enjoy it. Just yeah. like the John Walker storyline in the comics was great, but people got so mad. It was so so similar that people never let go. 
So people still hate John Walker in the comics and they were mad that he was even being introduced in the MCU mm -hmm. because they hated him so much for taking over for Steve Rogers in his initial run. I'm like, you guys, it was a great story. You know why? Because of John Walker. Just as much as it was great because of how Steve is Cap, it was great because of John Walker. Same thing here. Yeah. Like, watch the story. Enjoy the story. It's great stuff. But yeah, loved it. <laughs> really Absolutely fun. Loved it. Episode, of course, you know, you have like, like last week you said you brought up how, you know, the ending of the first episode is just you see him for the first time and then it just cuts off as the end right there for you. That's your guy. And then, of course, this week it's Zemo introduced at the end finally my guy yep. and then that's the end i'm like ah dang it no sharon carter yet i mean you know like we said so, episode three <laughs> so she's either coming episode three or she's at the very end of episode just, three. just like these guys <laughs> like she they're gonna be like turn the corner and they're sharing it's like and then it goes to the credit scenes <laughs> hello boys over yeah, i mean that's really all I got for MCU is just how awesome, how much I enjoyed that episode. And, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot it could go in depth with, but I don't want to do that. Like, I just wanted to say I loved it, loved everything about it. <laughs> Can't wait for more. Everybody should watch it. And then, you know, next week, I mean, I guess I could talk more about the first episode, but I definitely like this one more than the first one. First one was a great introduction to where yeah. the where sam and bucky were and what they were going through and even why sam gave up the shield you know like he just truly believed that steve was the only one who should have held it and he thought that that's what they thought you know yeah so he turned it in instead of just keeping it and holding on to it himself and now that he sees what's happening yeah he doesn't like it and bucky really doesn't like it yeah like, bucky Bucky doesn't seem to, like everybody's online is like, he hates John Walker. I'm like, I don't think he hates John Walker. He just hates that he has the shield. Yeah. He's like, no, he shouldn't have it. And, you know, like I said, I don't want to go too in-depth. There's the, the their little therapy session that they have. When he reveals why he's so upset right now, you're like, oh, man, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. That's why he doesn't want him to have the shield. Yeah. But I don't think he hates John Walker. You know, at least not yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll see where they're going when, and how exactly they're going to, how it all plays out and what John Walker is going to be. Cause you know, we don't know. I'm obviously, I'm just hoping he's us agent and he's still a hero because for all the people who want to hate him, he's a hero. He was an Avenger for the longest time he yeah. was on the West coast Avengers. He was in the mighty Avengers. He was, uh, he was in force works. You know, there was another Avengers team. Well, he was in the Dark Avengers too. But, you know, that was, I mean, that was only a couple comics. It wasn't even anything. But they were still helping people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Like, so yeah, as long as he's a hero, I'm good. But again, just like I've said numerous times, I'm just happy that we got John Walker in the MCU because I never <laughs> thought it was going to happen. So I'm giddy. <laughs> Loved that Watching that episode so many times. Can't wait to see where it all goes. Watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Up next, some we're gonna do the NBA trade deadline stuff and the and mm -hmm. MGN Sports, right? I'll talk a little bit MGN. All right, next.
NBA trade deadline has passed. Things have happened. Yes, and that's all I'm going to say. No, I'm just kidding. Google it. Do it yourself. Spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. What I will talk about, you had some big moves. The Magic were going crazy at the trade deadline. They trade Nikola Vucevic to Chicago. They got a couple first-round picks as well as one Dell Carter and Otto Porter. That's pretty crazy that they traded him. I mean, he's their best player. He's been their best player for right. a while. And it's not like you've put so much around him. You know what I mean? So yep. I just I don't I don't get it. Because what's your plan? Oh, we're just gonna get a bunch of picks. They're just getting gonna, younger. Draft a bunch of guys. Like, okay, but you have a star. Like, well, what reason do your fans? I mean, are they letting fans in the game? I haven't been paying. You know, in Orlando, I'm not sure. Yeah, because you know certain places Cert- are. So, yeah, you know, but but even then, okay, so yeah, even if there are no fans, let's just just fast forward to next year and say there's gonna be fans. What reason do your fans have to go to the game just because they've missed the NBA and missed being there? But then they're going to go there and you traded Gordon. Mo Bamba. And you traded. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, Aaron Gordon traded as well. They acquired. Now, he wanted to be traded, though. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I don't know if anybody heard that. <laughs> if that came through the mic, that was funny. I know they got RJ Hampton. In this trade, I don't remember what else they got in the Denver trade. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, like, I'm not necessarily interested. And then even Evan Fortier, too. He wasn't safe from the the Magic. teams got just, like, the names and where, you know, where guys went, you know. Portland actually made a move, and I wasn't too thrilled about it at first. They actually traded Gary Trent Jr. They moved him and Rodney Hood in exchange for Norman Powell from... The Raptors. I mean, I get like I'm with you. I didn't I didn't see Trent getting traded. I thought, oh, he's you know, he's an important part of their offense. But then I'm like, well, they got guys who can score. And I've said numerous times, like their problem is they need to have stoppers. They need to get stops. And Powell looks like that guy. Yeah. And he could score too. He's been scoring. I saw like his stats after the trade, and he's getting like almost 20 points per game himself. And, you know, he's always had a reputation for being a solid premier defender. So after kind of looking at that, I, I felt a little bit better after the deal. I then, oh, I just wasn't expecting Trent to go like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just caught us off guard. And then another one of the bigger ones, Oladipo traded against. That guy's been traded a lot. Oladipo's been traded a lot recently in the past few years. What happens when you start complaining. He is headed to Miami. Who did they? Let me go into this. Yeah, Oladipo to Miami, which was a move that had been that had been like talked about as a possible match for. I think you clicked on a the wrong bit. thing. I think you just wanted to click on the title, not the see all. Maybe I did do that wrong. But anyways, yeah, Oladipo on the Heat, and then while all that was going on. LaMarcus Aldridge was bought out by the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, Miami emerged as an early front runner to get him. So let's see. Miami traded Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and there was a swap of 2022 first round picks. So yeah, Ladipo along with Jimmy Butler and them boys, and then possibly Lamarcus Aldridge if he signs there. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was weird about how you know Miami was last year and in the bubble and everything, and how they haven't totally. I mean, they're they're still what what seed are they? And they're still good. They're right? still they're still good. Yeah, I have to find. I just know that they're not like what everybody kind of. I don't want to say everybody because I didn't think they were going to. Oh, you know, but they're they're in the race. Are they the eight seed right now? Oh, they're on the eight. I was see, I that's why I hesitated. I was like, I want to say like six, but no, they're eight. But you bring in these players, possibly Aldridge, with the guys you had last year, and you still have time to put it together. See, this is when, like I said, this is when I really start to pay attention to the NBA, and I start to watch games, and I start to really see because, I mean, so much happens in the course of a season, and. And plus, I mean, I'm just not the biggest fan of the NBA anymore. So I don't pay attention to it until this point. But yeah, we'll see how they gel and see if they can make a run because they're definitely going to have championship level talent. Yeah. But can they put it together? Speaking of, you know, not really watching, I walked into work the other day and a couple of guys were talking about sports and how they watch everything. And then they mentioned the NBA and they're, they're both older so they're they're older than me even so they're even more old school and they were both like yeah well basketball yeah i can't watch basketball (laughs) and it was just funny because i'm like yeah see i'm not you know yes old school fans have a really hard time watching the nba now and yeah it's not i mean it's partially the players but not because they're not great it's because of how you know they they kind of run the teams Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's that kind of they dictate things too much i think and it's like that creates a problem like yes sometimes they're right but not all the time yeah and it seems like the players always that it's like every year you see like one of the star guys you know they they want out all of a sudden they're unhappy yeah and people are getting traded left and right like yeah they're like oh it's great that they have the freedom but it's not the same if you can just go join all these teams and do all this stuff and it affects your greatness and your legacy. I'm sorry, but it does. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's just, it was just funny to hear. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's just what we old school guys do. We can't, it's not the same league. <laughs> you don't have to fight as hard for it. But yeah, for the deadline, those were a lot of the big, noticeable moves throughout there. And then, Moving on to MGN, not a lot to really like elaborate on, but I mean, if you watch the stream, if you haven't, if you didn't catch the stream last night, go, you be sure to go back and check it out. Or at least the first battle between the Lumberjacks and the Wolfpack went down to the wire, and it was really fun to watch, you know, go into basically the final buzzer. And, and Jalen's on commentary in these games. Yes. Also, so. And then the other day we had a fun little triple header, which we don't normally do, but we did that the other night. Nice, nice. Everything's going good in the league. Everything's going good. We're just we're moving along, getting close to the halfway mark of the season. Are you guys 
are you guys doing like all stars? Like maybe not a game, but are you probably because in two K it has all that set up and everything. So I don't know if we'll broadcast it officially yet, but I if I had to guess, I'd say probably. That's cool. And I want to. I want to, you know, hold like a MGN dunk contest and three-point contest and all that. That'd be really fun. All right. Any Anything else we want to mention? Not on my end. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> all right. Now that I can think of, as soon as we click off of this, I'll think of like 20 things. I know. Because like literally I could talk all day about almost all topics that we talked about. I mean, even basketball. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in your head right now. So with that, we're going to sign off. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully we hear what you guys think about our list. Hit us up on the Twitter. On Twitter, at JalenMGN. For me, at JerumpaRump. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Another episode of our Multiverse. Peace out.